In this new podcast, we'll discuss real-life success stories, industry updates, and embark on the core of cybersecurity, people, process, and procedure. Join us as we help spread awareness, share unique insights, and build a better culture of cyber readiness. and welcome to our new and improved podcast, The Great Cast, where we eat, breathe, and sleep cybersecurity. I am your host, Lydia Laporto, and on today's podcast, we'll be talking about the future predictions and trends for 2022 and bringing awareness to some potential obstacles that may be in store for your cybersecurity program this year. Today with me, I have Vice President of Solution Engineering, Dan Didier, and Co-Founder and Vice President of Business Development, Mike Stamus. Dan, Mike, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, good to be here. Absolutely. So as you know, we're talking about the 2022 predictions and trends, but before we lead into that, I definitely want to look back in 2021 and ask what had the most impact in 2021 for you guys? I'll take the first one here, Dan, you know, having the pleasure to talk to a lot of our clients and prospects I get some pretty good insights into what organizations are struggling with. And although this is something we've seen really since the beginning, I think 2021 was the biggest year for organizations who were really being forced to mature their cybersecurity program because of requests and requirements from outside parties, primarily their clients. You know, we've talked to and are working with a lot of organizations who've been virtually drowning in questionnaires from their clients asking questions about their cybersecurity program and specific nuances around what they're doing from a security perspective. So that's been a really big struggle for organizations in 2021. And I personally don't see that slowing down here in 2022 either. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you think about really the things that the key events, you know, Mike, the reason that, uh, a lot of these organizations are being pushed or forced, uh, or they or they're deciding to do it on their own, right? We've seen we've seen the ransomware attacks. Everyone knows about that, but data breaches are still happening every day. Um, you know that hasn't gone away. It just doesn't steal the headline as well as ransomware. And then you know one of the other huge impacts uh, was you know the inability or high cost to maintain your cyber liability insurance, and uh, a lot of those insurance companies. They're almost turning into auditors now where they're digging in to make sure that you have a program, the program's effective, and that they're comfortable you're doing the right things. Or you may not even be able to get coverage, or if you can, it might be 10x, 20x, or more from what you were paying previously. And then two other things that we're seeing, right? Privacy. So never mind all the data security stuff. Now you've got all these privacy issues. Um, it's going to be pretty tough to escape that no matter who you are. And then the cyber skill shortage. You know, it's um, really one of, I, I think that's really driving a lot of organizations, uh, to have to say, well, we can't depend on someone that's not here. We're going to have to figure this out internally. So a lot of the folks, and Mike, maybe, you know, maybe you see this or not, but a lot of the people we're talking to aren't cybersecurity experts, you know, it's someone else in the business trying to solve this problem. Yeah. I think every year, the list of reasons to build an effective cybersecurity program to be able to prioritize and balance all of the things that are getting thrown at us, you know, the things I mentioned and compounded with the things you mentioned, Dan, I think it's, it's very, very difficult without an effective risk-based 
standards-based program to be able to be proactive in today's day and age, unless unless you've got some processes in place and some formality to how you juggle all these competing priorities. Yeah, I, I think the the other thing I would say is, you know, the nothing stays static, right? Uh, nothing. We we um, recently did our 2022 trends and predictions webinar. And you know we've seen shifts in all kinds of areas. One of the interesting ones was the, the seemingly very significant rise in exploitation of vulnerabilities. You know, phishing used to be um, exceptionally large. In fact, you know, in most a lot of the studies, greater than fifty percent of the root cause of incidents. Now we're seeing that come down quite a bit. Still number one, but we're seeing the vulnerability exploitation really explode as a root cause. And I think you know that's one of those things where. Uh, we're going to see cycles. We're going to see where that'll go up. It'll go back down. And look, we didn't know what ransomware was not that long ago. There's going to be something else um, that starts to come into the spotlight. And I think really my point is, you know, the rate of change isn't going to slow down. Uh, the number of new regulations requiring you to secure your information systems and your and your data the, the, you know, the, the, the other um, business contracts, third parties, the cyber liability insurance challenges, none of those things are going to get easier. So when you talk about what are the events, you know, these are really the big ones, I think. Dan, I, I couldn't agree with you and Mike more. I think that there was tremendous impact amongst multiple organizations in 2021 that really set the tone for the course of the upcoming year, for sure. But also speaking of the past year, Great Castle Security turned 10 years old. What were some common themes that you saw throughout your 10th year in business? I know Mike wants to answer this, but Mike, I'm going to go first here. Um, <laughs> 10 years of business, I think there's been a constant for us, um, which is really that if you're not relating cybersecurity uh, back to the business using risk, you know, talking about sometimes really complex technical issues, sometimes not very technical, but you need to be able to quantify it for the folks that need to understand how much time, how much money, how much resources we need to put toward solving the cyber problem and where will we get the most return? Where will we get the most risk reduction? It is absolutely without a doubt. And Mike, you know, you can contradict me, but it is the practice of assessing, identifying and quantifying risk and using that to build your cybersecurity program and you know to communicate that clearly across the business as to what are the risks what are we going to do about it and where do we expect to be once we've we've done that that's been a constant for graycastle i think it's been a huge part of our success and in fact mike maybe you can talk to this you know 10 years ago it was a pretty massive challenge to convey that concept to someone that was trying to solve the cybersecurity problem. And, you know, in some cases we just kind of, we, I don't want to say we did it by surprise, but they didn't know what to expect. And we said, yeah, we, we need to do an assessment. We do a risk assessment. Um, you know, terminology is a whole nother, another issue with cybersecurity, but the vast majority of the time people's minds were blown with, I, they actually understood cybersecurity now. They actually felt some level of comfort um, you know, that's my perspective, Mike. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you connect to that or if you got something else. Yeah, I definitely have nothing to contradict those points, but in building off of that, I think a trend we've seen here and Dan and I could both speak to how often we're trying to encourage 
organizations to elevate the cybersecurity program up to the business level. And for, for, a, uh, for, for, for no shortage of reasons, some companies are just uncomfortable with how to approach that. They're uncomfortable bringing human resources into the security conversation, or they're uncomfortable introducing legal into a risk assessment conversation. I think one thing we've seen in 2021 is much more openness to that thinking. So I think, Dan, to, to write off your points around elevating the cybersecurity conversation up to the business, it's been hard. I think you and I could both share a lot of stories is how we've tried to convince organizations to take that step. And the first five years in the, in the, in the life of Grey Castle, it was, a, it was a struggle. Some did, many did not. I think here in 2021, and again, what I think we'll see in 2022 is organizations now realize that the types of problems we're dealing with, whether it's ensuring we have an effective cybersecurity insurance policy, ensuring our key clients and prospects are comfortable with the risk we introduce to them, or you know, we're, we're confident we've got a legally defensible compliance position with HIPAA or CMMC or whatever the case may be. I think the industry has gotten to a point where they know they can't do that in one department. And Dan, completely stealing something I heard you say to a client a long time ago is, you know, one specific department can't affect the change necessary to move a cybersecurity program forward. You got to have representation from the business. And again, sounds simple. It's easy for people like you and I, Dan, to talk about, but it's a difficult step for an organization to make, especially when you're speaking with someone in IT who knows they need to ele elevate that conversation up, but communicating that message to the other stakeholders that need to be engaged in that conversation can be difficult. And I think um, we've gotten better at, at helping to get our contacts comfortable with that messaging, but I also think the industry is, has gotten to a point where it's, it's not really a debate that that needs to be done. It's, it's almost a necessity now. And um, it, it feels really good to be able to hear from clients, you know, saying, hey, we really need to elevate the conversation up to the business level. So that speaks to what's built in our DNA and, you know, how we consulted with organizations 10 years ago. But I'd feel it's really been the last one or two years where, where organizations are more open to that thinking and, and less, um, you know, less, less worried about how that conversation will go and almost more motivated to see how we can help them get the conversation there. Yeah. I mean, there's just been too much pain. No one, you know, that's really the, the, I think what's driving it, you know, um, if you haven't felt it directly from an incident or, a key partner of yours having an incident, you know, um, you've seen enough of it that, you know, you've got to do something different. And um, I don't want to say it's desperation, but Mike, you and I both know really well when there's an incident and it's of a significant nature, HR is involved, legal is involved, finance is involved, you know, uh, the CEO is involved, uh, the, C the whole C-suite's involved, IT as well, um, lawyers, you know, third parties, <laughs> Um, you know, those that really starts to just make it really clear to uh, organizations of all kinds that it is a organization wide issue and we do need a way to understand it, to communicate it and to solve it. And it's not just inside the bounds of IT. So, yeah, I think that's where we're at today.
you know, it's really different to hear that everybody is coming to the table now um, and having these conversations together. It's not just like a separated department, right? Like, I feel like a lot of the times, and maybe in the past of what I've heard from you guys is that, you know, it would be IT, you know, an IT's problem, but now it's an everyone type of situation where everybody needs to be there and have the talk almost about what's going forward in the program, in their cyber program, which is really great to hear. And after seeing these obstacles in 2021 and having those open-minded conversations with clients and prospects, what are some top proactive cyber strategies that, or advice that you would give to implement for the upcoming year? I think one, building your program around your key data assets building your program around your specific risks. I think, again, to kind of build up what we talked about in the previous question, I think organizations are now at the point where we're looking at risks across the organization's people, process and technology. Now it's to a point where we ensure we leverage those insights to build an effective risk-based program. And I know a lot of things we're seeing today, and I don't want to float too far away from the topic here is obviously, you know, the, the, the proliferation and growth of the cloud and, you know, organizations leveraging, leveraging Azure and AWS. We've seen a lot of work and interest and, you know, really new clients around, you know, container assessments and ensuring we're leveraging the cloud and cloud computing environments in, in the most secure way possible. So, you know, I think fundamentally building a program around your key data assets, understanding where they are, whose they are, what vendors they're with, understanding our top risks, and then and then building building a program around those risks. And again, one of those things that we're seeing kind of bubble up to the top here is is really around cloud security and uh, ensuring you know we've got a, a a strong cloud security practice. Yeah, I think so. Just like a lot of other years, you know, we a lot of folks like to say it's all about being proactive, and, and I do agree. But you know, um, for me. Number one is still know your top risks and build an actionable remediation plan. No question asked. You've got to do it uh, year after year. That will always be at the top of the list. And like Mike said, if you have cloud infrastructure or third parties that have cloud infrastructure, you've got to get your arms around that, which brings me to managing vendor risk. You know, it's becoming ubiquitous, really, that you have third parties that either have copies of your data or provide the information systems to process the data that runs your business, um, that is your risk. So making sure you understand that and manage that, it's really no different than managing the risk that exists inside the physical bounds of your, of your organization, if you even have those. Uh, you know, there are many organizations now that are either fully or partially remote. Um, the other thing for me though, is making sure that you really, really can respond to incidents. Uh, and this really goes back to not only having a plan and having a team that knows what to do, which can be a challenge in itself, but it's also having the right uh, technology and processes already running that can help you solve that problem when it occurs. And that's really, you know, what we call the uh, security operations, right? It's having the right sort of endpoint protection and tools, having the right logging, having the right tool sets to remediate incidents. Really, really, really important as you continue to, you know, diversify how your business runs, who you do business with and how you get it done, extend out into the cloud um, as, you, as you bring on more and more vendors to, to process information for you. 
that's really where um, you know the rubber meets the road, so to speak, is you understanding what's going on there, what your risks are, and what you're going to do about it. And with that being said, like, how would you go about maintaining an effective cybersecurity program in 2022, considering you know all the trends that you've seen in 21, and then the future predictions that you have, and then incorporating those like proactive cyber strategies that you just mentioned. Uh, one thing I'll say is it's never one and done, right? So, Mike, you know, I'm sure I know, I know you can connect with that. You know, this is not, all right, we're doing this big activity or we're buying this tool or we're licensing this software. It, it's really about establishing a governance function that not only understands cybersecurity, but is able to communicate it out to all areas of the business get the buy-in needed to support those activities. Because I'll say this, you know, um, I think in a lot of organizations, no one really feels like they own cyber. And the reality is that's kind of true. We all own it because we all leverage the information systems. We all either decide to share the data or delete the data or, you know, edit the data, whatever, whatever it is, every business department's doing that. So it's really about having a good governance structure that brings the organization together, uh, make sure that the cyber issues are clear and understood, the initiatives are clear, and that they're managing the top risks effectively. Um, but you know, Mike, I'm curious where, where you land on that. You know, how, how do you what do you see as the big challenges and what do you recommend for maintaining that program or building the program? You know, I think we as an industry kind of made something good happen with, with something bad and, you know, something bad being the pandemic, but I think it allowed organizations to rethink how they do business, you know, obviously remote workforce, you know, I think the pandemic also put a lot of organizations in a position where maybe they had some additional investment to purchase security tools, purchase tools to help the organization work remotely in a more secure way. Um, and, and I think, a lot of the clients we're talking to have had a little bit more buy-in from the business to be able to make investments in some of these tools. And again, you know, the industry is doing a fantastic job with, you know, leveraging things like AI and, you know, all these other components that we're seeing in, into these awesome security tools today. But I think in 2022, and again, kind of connecting to your point, Dan, around governance, it's just in, in a way kind of Looking, looking at the basics and, and just thinking about the foundation of your cybersecurity program. Can we clearly articulate what we have from a data perspective? Can we answer the questions as to where it is? You know, is the data that we share with third parties protected or not? Are we comfortable with the contracts we have in place with those third parties? But really fundamentally looking at your cybersecurity program and looking at your data inventories ensuring we're leveraging that risk-based program that we talked about. Do, do we as a business all agree as to what our top 10, top 20, top 30 risks are? And is our program built around that? Take a look at your policies and procedures. We see a lot of organizations that have very complex, often confusing and complicated policies and procedures. That introduces a lot of complexity into the organization, whether you're sharing those policies and procedures with an auditor or your, your biggest client, or you're just trying to communicate those policies to your board of directors or to your workforce. I think in 2022, organizations really need to think about the foundation of their program. Do we know what we have from a data perspective? Do we know what our top risks are? Have we written it down simply and effectively and, and legally in a legally defensible way? And I think lastly, Dan, back to your point, 
with governance. Do we have the right people engaged in the conversation and do we have a mechanism in place to keep them there? Because we all know that it's important and critical, if not mandatory, to have the business engaged in the conversation so we can move it forward based on risk. So I think 2022, elements of 2022, are, my personal suggestion would be to ensure we've got a strong foundation, we're doing the basics and then leverage all the great things that our industry is, is building with tools and services to help really accelerate our risk management program and, and, and move the needle and, and reduce risk. Yeah, you know, we talk a lot about um, improving proactive. And the one thing I want to say is in managing risk, what doesn't get measured doesn't get done, right? And we say risk a lot, really risk is the way to measure. Uh, but there's other ways to measure too. You know, um, you can you can assess and score your cybersecurity controls, components of your program to say, here's where we're doing well, here's where we're not doing well. And, you know, the industry has matured uh, to a point where not only can we say they're good or bad, but we can say, are, are they where we want them or need them to be, you know, on a, on a simple scale. So for me, um, you know, one of the, the effective ways to make sure that you maintain your program is to measure it and, you know, quantify. And there's a number of ways to do that, risk being one of them, but also, you know, uh, the maturity of your controls and where you need to be or want to be versus where you are is another way to do that, you know, really producing a scorecard that your governance team can understand and can communicate on. And then the last thing is really that, that communication around what do we have, what do we need? I think the more clear you are about how you measure you know, you quantify, the easier it is to communicate in non-technical, non-confusing terms that alienate folks. So uh, when it comes to, um, you know, maintaining a program and keeping it effective, it's all about measurement for me, metrics, because that's how we can, we can talk about it as a business problem. I don't know about you guys, but I think our listeners are definitely going home with a lot of information nuggets about what is to come for 2022. Dan, Mike, thank you so much for joining me today and giving myself and our listeners insight on what's to come in 2022 and how our listeners can be cyber ready for the year ahead. And hopefully we can get you guys back on the podcast sometime soon. That'd be great. Uh, yeah, our pleasure being here, really. Um, hopefully we can do more of these and help create some awareness. Thanks, Lydia. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening. Join us for next month's episode where we will have guests from the higher ed space discuss their challenges as a consortium. As always, you can head over to our website, Spotify, or Apple podcast pages for more on-demand episodes. See you guys next time on The Graycast. Cast.